thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, X, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, onto the show. if you've uh, thought about what you will do now. Silver light. Not so long ago, I had a uh, US agent, publicist, manager, and now I've got nothing. Nothing closing to Santa. Ready? One, two, three. How are you feeling about going back out into the world? I don't know. Probably about as happy as the world is to have me back. Silly, okay. That's for breaking Janice. Janice Joplin, my favourite pop plant. I recognise you from the telly. I saw my daughter today. It's the first time I've seen her in 20 years. Go see her, Chris. Today. Don't waste another Christmas. My daughter's coming for Christmas. We're not serving KFC. She hates me enough as it is. I'm from the house a few doors down, and now I'm... One, two, three! Dude, you are not special. There are a ton of messed up people and they come out of the woodwork at Christmas. Joy, please, come on. Why pilots just like you flying in and out of people's lives and you're just too self-absorbed to even notice the damage you cause? Oh, come on. Santa, have you had anything to drink tonight? I believe in you, Chris. Just a season for believing. Your presence is seriously the best present I've had. This is going to be the best character you ever played. Santa! Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 575. Releasing November 30 in Australian cinemas is Christmas, a dramatic comedy that tells the story of Chris Flint, a once famous actor, fresh out of rehab, who moves into a halfway house with his firm but fair sponsor and a vegan musician also in recovery. When Chris accidentally bumps into his estranged daughter, he relies on the help of his new housemates to win her forgiveness. Starring Steve LaMacquand, Darren Gilshannon and Hannah Joy, Christmas succeeds as a bittersweet Aussie Christmas movie that portrays the ups and downs of the merry season that for some presents a time of loss, stress and anxiety. And joining me now is the director and writer of Christmas, Mr. Heath Davis. Heath, how are you today? Hello, Matthew. Good to see you again, my friend. Great to be here. It's really good to see you too, and it's really awesome to be watching another Heath Davis film. You know, I'm a big fan of Book Week, and I love Broke and and Locust that came out a couple of years ago. Even though you didn't write that, you did direct that one. Um, and now we got Christmas, which I think is like in the same kind of vein of of Book Week and kind of like this kind of dramatic comedy kind of film. But what's really interesting about this movie, as the title suggests, it is a Christmas movie. For you, do I've I've heard for you, do I've heard you say. Um, in multiple interviews that you wanted to make like a real Christmas movie 
Um, what is that in, in just explain that to me for a, a bit? What does that in, in, entail on, well, on your part? Just, What's missing from yeah. the other Christmas movies that, that you wanted to bring with your film? Oh man, it's it's really emotional truth, to be honest. It's just like Christmas can be very tough for a lot of people. It can be lonely, it can be uh it can be um anxiety inducing um you know uh, uh, mental health rates can be exacerbated in that period of time because we're sold this dream and illusion that this idea happy family happy life and life should be everything should be wonderful at christmas and we we all buy into that and somewhere along the way we lost a real meaning what sort of christmas is about and none of our lives are like that most people are from broken families most people spend christmas you know, alone or the people that they don't, they feel alone around. And I am one of those people. So I was like, you know what? I want to actually sort of depict the truth here and also just, you know, shine a light on just the alcoholism that sort of underpins it, especially in Australia and, and Australia as well. But in Australia, it's hot. And, you know, all my life, in my adult life, I've, you know, I've had friends and and family members and whatnot will say, oh, mate, Christmas is coming, and they drink that, you know, to get through it. So, um, and that that's, you know, it's, it's, it's part of our, you know, psyche, you know, Australia, and Australians, we, we talk about these barbecues and whatever, but we never see it in our films. And or even in the, the last couple of years, in the COVID years, you know, while I was sort of playing with the whole idea of making a Christmas movie, there were articles coming out even in publications that I've never read this before, uh, in tabloid publications, you know, talking about mental health and Christmas and how to get through it and alcohol and what, how, you know, how to monitor your drinking at Christmas parties and all of these sort of things. And I thought, wow, maybe we're actually a society we're ready to sort of, you know, uh, you know, acknowledge this. And, and I just thought, yeah, if I could tell it honestly, then uh, without being doom and gloom, you know, there's humour in this film. It's entertaining because, yes. you know, because it, it's such a chaotic period of time that it is funny. You kind of can't laugh. But I didn't want to, you know, just con contrive. Just this is the world. These are the people. These people are like you and I, um, even though some are actors. And even the actor in this movie is not depicted as some hotshot Hollywood slip I trust. Most the actors I know, you know, you can actors that do not drive Porsches, some drive Ubers when they're not working. And so all of that I wanted to depict as well, even with the musician. And it was COVID when we made this film. And my musician friends weren't touring and the real musicians playing is sort of their lifeblood. That's how they sort of get through. And that was taken away from them. So their sort of anxieties were exacerbated. So there was a lot of all of that that was sort of melting around and I was like, you know, I had another movie that was a uh, bigger budget with a British actor, big British actor, keen to do it, and over torpedo that like it did most things. And then I was like, if I'm going to make something, um, it's got to be just really worth worth it because I knew it was going to be hard, and we didn't have much. Um, and it's sort of you know, the heart of the movie. Sort of, I think that's what's getting capturing people's connecting to the truth. Um, Steve LeBaquand, who plays Chris in the movie, you've worked with him before on Broken. He said that what Christmas represents for him 
is like this is your trilogy of films dealing with broken men and i know i have to add on onto that it's not only broken men but these men who deal with the downsides of fame in the sort of way um the first movie broken you had a sports star who has, has a gambling addiction in um, book week you have this author who had a hit, um, best-selling book and then they just went to his career went to nowhere and now you have this actor here in your movie christmas and he has a alcohol addiction and all the anxieties and stuff that comes with that. What is it about the creative professions or, or professions where there's a fame attached to it that yeah, uh, it's interesting, really important to your movies? Yeah, well, it's, it's not a conscious thing, but, you know, you, when when you start to think about it, you go, wow, there are these super parallels, the characters are different. I mean, it's it's probably being the artist in Australia, in Australia and the realities of that. It's almost mm-hmm. like, okay... And it's to me, it's still just it's sort of absurd how hard it is to be here. And on the surface, it's the superficiality. It's a little bit like Christmas in, in this instance, whereas, hey, you know, we've got Santa, we've got these ads, and we've got all this wonderful plots, and everything's amazing. And, you know, if you look in the ads, we're all sold this dream ideal, but the reality is completely different. Like, it's an act, it's a, it's a tough gig, it's a grind, it's hard. And, um, and so, you know, the whole, that, that truth, that lie is sort of something that sort of just doesn't sit well with me. And so hmm. somehow in some way sort of always underpinned a lot of it. Maybe it's because I write a lot about what you know and, and you know, and I've seen just, you know, the struggles that comes with that. Um, and, you know, I guess, again, at Christmas time, I'm playing on that whole ideal of Santa and the make-believe and the lie and the truth. And so that's, you know, that was another motivation um, and, I guess, psychology behind this one. But, yeah, there is a – it was a trilogy. Even when I first made Broke with Steve, I was like, you know, I've got these ideas for these guys that happen to do that. And, um, and lo and behold, is actually – I always say oh, I'll probably never make another film and you just don't know because it's so hard and it gets even harder and what it was, especially the ones that I want to tell. Um, but I, I started, I had this idea for a music movie and it was hanging out with Hannah and shooting Christmas that I sort of figured out the thread for that. Um, so that's sort of about this sort of pseudo, again, he's kind of almost famous musician character but there's a lounge lizard on the Gold Coast. So... I don't have a, a real answer as to why that thread is there, but there's a big part of me in all of these characters and the people that I sort of mix with. So somehow um, you know, it's that juxtaposition that's also dramatic and interesting. There's um, a lot of symbolism in the film that I caught on to, and maybe it's just something that's in my brain, so I just want to ask you a few questions about that. The first thing has to do with the Christmas tree that's in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think someone refers to it as dying but not dead. I mean, that's a very trans that's a very transparent kind of um thing, right? I mean, the Christmas tree as you know, not the best looking thing of a bunch, it still has a purpose, it still has a a uh, a redemption arc to it, doesn't it? It kind of represents the characters in a sort of way, doesn't it? Well, they sort of regenerate. Like I grew up in the bushfires, uh, uh, like the Blue Mountains. I was living out there with a really large, as bad bushfires. I'm going out there this afternoon with the screening again. But trees, when they burn down, they actually pollinate, self-pollinate, and they regenerate and they grow. There's a rebirth. There's almost like a biblical fashion to the plant. So the Christmas tree 
was a little bit like that. It's a metaphor for these characters. They're living in a halfway house. The tree in the actual movie was like thrown out the back of the shop and Aaron's character saw some life that, right? He's going to try and sort of bring it back to life or keep it alive for that period of time. And that's kind of what the characters are going um, um, no, I, I was really looking for all of those symbols because it is very symbolic this movie there's a lot of visual metaphor um symbolism and motifs and so i you know most people look at a christmas tree and they don't actually really think about it, you know hmm. yeah but nice oh it's just this pretty thing with some presents under the top and you know but we have the real christmas tree when you think about a real christmas tree there's nothing sadder i always post christmas i always you know there's this little bit of even when i finish a party or when i finish the movie when I finish a movie, I get quite down. I, I, I get the blues. It's almost a little bit like Boxing Day. And have you ever seen a real, like the excitement of a, a real tree that's green and on sale at the tree store? And then you see it a week or two after Christmas, brown and dead and discarded by the side of the uh-huh. road. It's kind of mm. like, that's really tragic to me. It's like, wow, that's like, that's the reality of Christmas there. People have just moved on. They don't give a shit. That's kind of like being the artist. In some weird way, that's filmmaking now because films take forever to make them and now they're just consumed and people have forgotten about them and we don't even talk about the film that won the Oscar last Yeah, but I When don't, I was a yeah, kid, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, even the great, the fads that we just churn and consume and we move on, And but there's always collateral damage. Uh, that's the characters in this the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Gift Card Store. Australia's leading provider of gift cards. Gift Card Store offers a variety of prepaid MasterCard and Visa cards in physical or e-card format. You can even design your own card as the ultimate personalized gift. With Gift Card Store, you can gift the gift you know they will love. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Another one that I picked up on, and I might be just this might be just a silly thing that I I, I thought of. Um, the character of Chris, he hurts his right foot repeatedly in the movie, and I, that I, that was kind of curious to me because I looked I looked up if there was any type of spiritual meaning in regards to right foot, and I saw that some religions, some cultures consider the right foot to be lucky. And here's this bloke, like he's on his side, he keeps banging that right foot the over right and foot over. In the door. That's right. Yeah. That's what, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's what the foot's in there. I mean, I, I didn't even explain this to the actors, but as a writer, you've always got to have these motivations. And, you know, there's always the obstacle, the hurdle, the obvious of getting out there. And he's, and his character, what does he do? He's just so selfish. He has no respect for this house. He's just going to jump the back fence and invade it, right? He's just, He's always used to having everything, but yeah. you look at, you know, even in the alcoholic, the recovery, the redemption story, you have the 12 steps, so his foot was broke, you know, he's got these 
walking with a limp now, trying to go on for each step and the next step. And he goes to the do his daughter's house, sort of, you know, the footprint, she slams the door on the feet. So there's these subtle metaphors of the journey that he's trying to sort of take, you know, internally as well. And another one that I saw as well is that, and I think it comes down back to the the um the core of the film in that okay, well the, well, the, the scene in the movie is so Chris is trying to cook this chicken. His oven's busted, and he's got no alternative except to go from house to house on his street and ask for people can use his oven. Now, the Christmas story of 2,000 years ago, Mary and Joseph went all the way on a donkey from one place to another, mm -hmm. and they had to find a place. They had to go from one house to another mm -hmm. house to another house. Am I drawing a line here, or is this something I'm just... No, no, no. That was all about... I mean, because that was the whole idea of like Christmas is love your neighbor and the help. That was all part yeah. of the whole lot of that research. That's why the Christmas lights and the carols and we all and those old school and Hannah sings Oh Holy Night, those hymns. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to really go back to those core, like almost primal messages, which were the themes of what Christmas was supposed to be about. And sort of, you know, I I, I wouldn't say it's a homage or a pastiche or anything, but just sort of contemporary version of those sort of like see if they still translate um it was really insightful up on that but there was all also i did have a christmas when i was traveling and we did have the same kind of thing and we were strangers in the town and we did go to try to get help from like the neighbors living at the time nobody helped us that was always in the back of my mind i was like we're actually Foreigners from the other side of the world. We just need a bit of help, bit of help, and a bit of time. And like, nobody wanted that. I wanted the. There's always a scene in the movie in some way. I didn't know how it's going. I want to talk about um, Hannah Joy in the movie now. From I don't know. Uh, like I'm forty something years old. I'm still listening to the music that I listened to when I was twenty something. Right. Yes. So. I don't know. I didn't know who Hannah was or Middle Kids or what have mm -hmm. you. Um, after I watched the movie, I did a really deep dive and I was listening to a lot of their music and I quite like it quite a bit. Um, she is fantastic in films. The first time she's been on screen as, as an actor. Ever. Um, she's flagged, she's flanked by these two really uh, veteran Australian actors, two great actors in, in Darren and in Steve. And, you know, with, with due respect to both of them, I think she stole the show. I really do, because not only is her performance great, but her musicianship and the original compositions that she brings to the, the table as well, mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's quite a remarkable performance because here she is bringing her talent that she's known for into a role um, but she's also reaching the level of like her co-stars as well with her performance. Um, I think it's just mm, I'm very much with you there, and I'm glad you say that, mate. Because it uh, just from a filmmaking perspective, it's the biggest creative risk I've ever taken. But it actually also, and I've been around long enough now, I've been doing it long enough to actually come to uh, peace with the fact that. I should follow the instincts because that was my initial instinct. Some people were like, what, are you crazy? And I'm like, I didn't even know Hannah. Like we were Facebook friends and she'd seen some films. I, I didn't know if she ever wanted to do or I just knew she was a performer. I knew the songs, was she writes these sophisticated pop songs. Knew they had a following. And I just, if you listen to the Middle Kids lyrics, uh, songs and lyrics, 
writes a lot about um, they're these happy pop songs on the surface, but the, you know they juxtapose because the quite dark lyric. He writes a lot about her relationship with alcohol, and she's got some amount of demons. And I was like, well, if she reads this and picked up on the subtext. I think she might be into it. And so I reached out to her. I said, Hannah, and I wrote it for her. She's in my head for these characters. And, and I was like, Hannah, I've written you a, a script. She was like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. I hardly, I hardly know you. And I don't act. That's what we've ever thought about it. She goes, well, send it over. And it was COVID. So COVID also felt like anything was possible. Mm. And so the band wasn't touring and they couldn't play. And she read the, and she really connected to it. That I really, really like this. And chats, we had a COVID chat, you know, in the mass in a park. And I said to her, if you want to do this, it's going to take a lot of commitment. It's going to be very hard. And we've got to do a lot of work, but I'm willing to do it. When you meet me there, she goes, totally. So we had a lot of time spent together with conversations, not like learning how to act or reading. It was just subtext, intonation, backstory, all of this stuff that you do with, you know, the seasoned actors. She didn't, she's not trained with technique, so she doesn't, you know, but she's a performer and a storyteller and a human being, so she could capture that. And so what I really tried to do was get her to bring in the stuff that from her personal life that can roll into this character and then flesh it out and make it three-dimensional. And then on our own bat, we got to a stage where I was like, well, maybe we should just get a camera out and just get you comfortable. I know you've done some videos, but... You got actors, you're in a scene. It's like this is, you know, daunting. And she enrolled in this short acting course at night, acting with the camera. She went off on her own bat a few nights a week for a few months. And like most of the other students there were middle kids' fans. So she'd turn it up with fans, right? And they're like, whoa. And she was just 100% committed. And on day one, you never know what you're going to get. Um, and because you just don't know, she freezes people whatever and then it's we've done all the home but done all the work so i was quietly confident and she's got very sad and i was like she owns this she's and the the dynamic just works so brilliantly so i hope everybody sees it um and you know things i don't know if she wants to keep pursuing an acting career but i've written something else around her but yeah the songs are great and she just yeah really owned it it's just one of those things where you Take a big risk and you swing your way and it works out. That's... Is there any possibility of soundtrack or Spotify playlist of the music that's well, featured in the movie? We are hoping. I mean, like, it's been a tricky thing because the band haven't fully got behind it. Just, there's a the separation between her and the band. And they've got an album coming out in February. So they sort of, you know, didn't want to cannibalize each other in some capacity. There is a possibility. They haven't actually, she hasn't seen it on a big screen yet. So on Thursday night, we sold three sessions at Denny Newtown. So I think when they see it on a big screen, that might change. Um, but what was cool is a month later, they went off to the UK um, once the whole COVID sort of there was a gap and travelling was allowed again. They recorded the latest record with a significant uh, British producer and... Um, after that record, a lot of the songs on the new album, she was writing at night at the end of the film. Go back to the hotel and just write these songs. So, really, like, inspired by the whole process. 
one of those is a Christmas song that's out now. Not in the movie though. So, yeah, yeah, I saw that. It was like um, they released it on their channel uh, a couple yeah, of weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, that was really cool. It's like wow, but you know, um, and in the script, she writes those original songs based on the titles that I had. So I was like, man, this is close to a rock star as I'm ever gonna become. You know, because uh, I love music and I I love to me cinema is just when music and sound and images come together with the right emotion and performance. So there's a lot, She the music, and she brings a lot to this movie. Um, and like any other Aussie movie, it's really tricky um, to, to get recognised names that mean anything sort of internationally. And um, so, you know, I had to sort of think outside the square a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'll take a risk on her. People know who she is. Not everybody, but she's got the indie cred. Um, uh, but, yeah, it was it, it's, it's all kind of worked out. Really great. So I'm looking forward to watching her watch it with Morty. Well, I guarantee she's going to be blown away by the performance because whenever she appears on screen and whenever especially she does her, her music, but, but even the parts in between which is on the screen, she's just fantastic in the film. And it's one of the many reasons why I love Christmas. And for everyone listening right now, November 30. Strain Cinemas, Christmas. I urge everyone to watch this in cinemas when it comes out. We need to get yes. butts in seats. We need. Australian uh, And movies. this movie plays so well, man, with an audience. They laugh, they, they yes. cry, they hug. Yeah. It's just it's a film about human connection at Christmas time. So it plays better when you're watching it with other people in that forum. It really, really does. And um, when Hannah plays Oh Holy Night in this movie, I oh. I urge everyone to just look at one another and see if you don't have goosebumps on your arms when that happens because it's a I fantastic was, moment. We were all getting goosebumps on the day and just for pure selfish reasons, we are doing well for time. And I was like, Anna, can we do a couple more of those? Because <laughs> I just knew what it was doing for everybody on the day, the, all the other actors creating this tone. And I was like, keep that going. It's, yeah, it's or any, for you, and I agree with you, mate. So if you want to see this movie for one reason, go watch Hannah sing that song on a big screen in the theatre. It's amazing. It is. And um, i got to say, I'm going to say now I'm preparing my end-of-year list, and this is in the top top end of my favourite Aussie films of the oh, year. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate and, um, that. And I recommend everyone watch this film. So watch it November 30th. That's this week. Watch it, um, and um, yeah, go to your cinema. If they don't have it, tell them to put it on, um, and, and get up and watch And that's it happening. We've had a few people actually hit up their cinema and they're giving it a go. So yeah, but on. So um, you know, and at the end, it'll be on a streamer just before Christmas. So um, you know, most people will see it there, but it's a different experience. Uh, Heath Davis, I thank you so very much for your time. Congrats on the movie. It's great to see one of your films out there again. I can't wait to see the other one. I'm so chomping at the bit already for the next one to come out. I'm Thank such you, a Matthew. fan of your work. Appreciate it, man. Can't do it without you. And keep, but everyone, just keep watching indie movies and keep going to the theatres because it's so important that, uh, you know, we that could be another part of the cultural fabric that can go. The cinemas are down 40%, not even just for indie movies, you know. So we just really need people to start going back. It's so important. 